0: The joy that only Jesus can give. Thank you for packing shoeboxes and making stories like mine possible. Good morning. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris. Um, the month of October here at Coastal, of course, is Operation Christmas Child Month. And uh, in November, in your bulletin, you'll see the dates of all this. Uh, we're going to have a packing uh, party on uh, November the 13th. Uh, But this month, we're encouraging you to uh, bring all kinds of items that can be stuffed into a... Uh, shoe box. And there's a little uh, insert in your bulletin that kind of explains all that. And uh, it really is just a uh, huge impact that we are making um, around the world and in kids' lives. Uh, children that uh, normally don't receive anything, any gifts. They don't even know what receiving a gift means. And um, we're able to bless them. And, uh, and then there's uh, churches and missionaries in those areas uh, that follow up with discipleship. It's just a, a great, great ministry. And we encourage you uh, to be a part of that with us here at Coastal uh, for the month of... Uh, the month of October and the beginning of November. Hey, guess what today is? Today is Michael's birthday. Did Michael already leave? I think you're already, made. is he back there? Michael? There he is. Michael, happy birthday, Michael! Woo! Our worship leader, uh, tw- uh, he's 26 years old today. I was thinking, man, that is old, Michael. You're getting old, you know. About 26 years ago, Janet and I were just starting the church, 26 years ago. Uh, that, that makes me feel old, but... um <laughs> Anyway, happy birthday, man. How about this weather? Is that awesome outside? A little, ooh, little little chilly outside everybody everybody all bundled up, but you knew you were going to freeze here anyway. so um, anyway uh, welcome we, we are We are glad that, that you are here today. Uh, let, me, let me start by saying uh, that I could not have written the script for the timing um, of this series, or more specifically the timing of today 's message. Any better. I mean, you would think that God and I are in some sort of spiritual collusion. The Holy Spirit just, you know, revealing to me the timing of each and every message. So let me explain. You know, we we began this series game on by reminding you that, you know, really no matter your background, no matter your past, no matter what you've done or where you where you've been, it is never Game over. It's always what? Game on with God. God, In other words, God loves you, and very simply put, he has a plan for your life. And so to kick off the series, we did probably one of the most well-received uh, events that we've done in a long time here at Coastal. We had a tailgating uh, competition, and, uh, man, it just went over so well. You guys, everybody who participated did a great job, lots of fun, lots of food, and uh, we'll definitely do that again uh, here at Coastal probably next year or something. But, uh, and then the following week, uh, we talked about what it takes to build a great team, and I challenge you to join our team. Uh, here at Coastal. And then last week, I talked about serving and how everybody actually has a position to play on the team. And uh, I challenge you to find a place of ministry, a place of, uh, the place to serve here at Coastal. And remember, I, I wanted you to be able to answer the question, hey, if this is my church home, if this is my family, where is my place? Where is my ministry? Where am I serving uh, in my church? And countless people responded. I mean, it's really awesome all, all week long. And then, here we go today. And today's message, in a nutshell, is don't quit. <laughs> don't give up. I mean, seriously, that, that's really today's message. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep on playing uh, to, the, to the very end because you just never know what, what could happen. Now, the reason this message seems so... Uh, perfectly timed and just Holy Spirit directed is because on Monday of this past week a certain head ball coach for a certain university in our state announced that he was what? Quitting in the middle of the season. Now as as much as I would like to take credit for that um, I had absolutely nothing to do with that happening, I promise. I had nothing, nothing whatsoever to do with that happening. Now, um, in football, though, let, let, let's just get jump right into today's message. Um, in football, there is nothing more exciting, is there? Than than uh, I mean, nothing more thrilling than a fourth quarter come from behind victory. I mean, I mean, it seems like. The game is over, everything is it you know taken care of and, and really at that point, even you know maybe some fans have left the stands and, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden that cliche that every coach who has ever coached a game has used to keep his players in the game to keep his players focused, it, it, it just miraculously seems to come to life. And and become very real. And of course, it's it's not over till it's what over. over. Now I was going to say it's not over till the fat lady sings, but you know I don't I not want to offend anybody or myself today. So anyway, um, I don't really know what that means, but actually it's got something. It's an opera reference actually, but uh, but it's not over till it's over. In fact, yesterday did you see the um, uh, Michigan Michigan State game? I know, right? I mean, you think it's over? A punt? You know, the ball flip flops around, catches the ball mid air, runs it in, it, touchdown! Boom! I mean, you, you know, again, I mean, it's not over till it's over. How about? Uh, I know we got some Bama fans in here. Two years ago, the Iron Bowl. Remember that thing, man? Alabama's going for like a what was it, fifty-seven yard field goal, and he misses it. And then what happens? 109-yard touchdown return, game over. I mean, it's like you've seen it a million times, right? A quick stop, a punt return for a touchdown, a fumble here, an interception there, an onside kick, a Hail Mary pass. And all of a sudden, those uh, Fairweather fans who've given up their, uh, their seat and given up on their team, you know, are kicking themselves. Uh, for for giving up and for leaving and for and then for the rest of their lives, you know that coach and and those players, you know that uh, use that come from behind victory, of an example of uh, why it's important not to give up, right? Not to quit. And they'll say things, and you've heard all these cliches and phrases before, right? You know, well, that's why they what? Have okay, you heard that right? That's right. Thank you. That's why they play the games. Uh, Anything can happen on what? Thank you. Very good. And of course, it's not over till it's over. So now the yeah. There you go. There you go. The entire book of Hebrews. The entire book of Hebrews was actually written to tell you and I the same thing. To tell believers to hang in there. You know, it's not over till it's over. You know, remain faithful. Don't give up. Don't quit. You know, some of you here this morning, you might just be one day, one decision, one commitment away from blessing. And you need to hear this message loud and clear today. Man, hang in there. Don't quit. Remain faithful. Listen to some of these uh, passages here in the beginning of Hebrews. Uh, In chapter 2, the author jumps right in saying, so we must listen very carefully to the truth that we have heard or we may drift away from it. Some of you might feel like, you know, maybe, maybe not so much quitting today, but you feel like you're just kind of slowly drifting away. And then in chapter 3, again, he says, Be careful, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil or unbelieving, uh, turning away from the living God. You must warn each other each day, as long as it's called today, so that none of you are deceived by sin and hardened against God. And listen to this. For if we are faithful to the end, Right? Don't give up. Hang in there. Don't quit. Trusting God just as firmly as when we first believe we will share in all that belongs to Christ. And then in chapter 4, it says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, and listen to this, let us be careful that none of you have, none of you be found to have fallen short of it. So again, you see this pattern all through the book of Hebrews. Don't give up. Hang in there. Be careful. Chapter 6, he says, Our great desire is that you will keep right on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain of what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because, listen to this, of their faith, because of their perseverance, because They didn't give up. They they hang in there. Throughout the entire book, the author keeps coming back again and again and again to the same message. Pay attention. See to it. Be careful. Hold firm. In other words, don't give up. You know, be faithful till the end. Don't quit. Now, all of that leads up to the passage I want us to look at today. And it's found in Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 3. And it comes right after what we know in Hebrews chapter 11 as the great chapter of faith. And the the author of Hebrews lists all of these people that you know maybe from Sunday school and all these great stories of Abraham and Moses and and David and and all these great people of faith. And then he says in in chapter 12 beginning in verse 1, therefore Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And we kind of paint the picture that he's describing here. And this is one of the reasons why I want us to look at this particular passage. Is because he's actually almost describing the way it would look for an Olympic runner to to be finishing a marathon and entering into the Colosseum. And he's like, okay, therefore, as you come in to the Colosseum at the end of your race... You know, you, you, toward the end of, of this 26-mile you know, marathon, you are surrounded by all of these great people who have gone on before you in the faith. And they're there in the stands. They're cheering you on. They're, 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 they're shouting your name. And he says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And then listen to this. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. He says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. He says, run, run your race with perseverance, the race... Marked out for you. He says, don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't quit. So let me ask you a question today. How's your game going? How's your race going? I mean, be honest with yourself this morning. Are you hanging in there? You know, do you feel like throwing in the towel? Are you prepared to remain faithful? you feel like giving up and quitting? Maybe it's not your faith, but maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a project, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a marriage. Today I want to give you three uh, simple principles, training principles, that we absolutely have to put into practice if we are going to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Number one, this sounds so simple. Get in the game. Get in the game. Now, at the risk of oversimplifying the obvious, be sure to notice that one of the commands here in Hebrews chapter 12 is, he says, run. Do you see that? Run. Um, you You might not feel like you're training for an Olympic race today, but if you are a follower of Jesus, you are in the race. You know, running this race... Uh, is a theme that this marathon again. You know, your your faith in Christ, following Jesus, is not a sprint. It's not a forty yard dash. It is a marathon. Well, that, that theme is all throughout Scripture. I love the way David uh, paints that picture in Psalm one nineteen thirty two. He says, "I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free." In Acts, Paul says this. He says, "I consider my my life worth nothing to me." If only I may finish the what? The race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. And then when writing to the Corinth church, he says this. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run? right again, get in the race, get in the game. But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Mm -hmm. And then at the very end of his life, he writes this to Timothy, his good friend. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the what? Race. I have kept the faith. He said, I didn't give up. I was faithful, faithful to the end. Now, this might sound really simple, but it's true. you got to be in the race in order to run it, right? you got to be in the game in order to win it. And so here's the simple question for you today. Are you still in the race? Are you still in the game? Listen, you won't win this race just because your wife is faithful and serving. You're not going to grow in your faith just because your dad is. You know, you're not going to develop as a Christian just because, you know, some people in your family are devoted to Christ. You've got to be in the race. Now, some of you might be thinking, Pastor Chris, I'll tell you, I'm in a race all right. I'm in a rat race right now. Seriously, you know, I I start running the minute my feet hit the ground in the morning, and I don't stop until I collapse in my bed at night. Then I get up and I do it all over again. The next day, the next day, and the day after that. I am running myself ragged. Well, that's not the kind of race I'm talking about. Now, let me say, I, I, I realize how crazy life can get. You know, especially for some of you when you're in that uh, stage of life that requires that you juggle the responsibilities between home and job and children and church and sporting events and all the stuff that comes with all of that. I absolutely get that. And, uh, And for many of you, I know it's maybe really, really busy right now simply because of the stage of life that you're in. And if that's where you're at, uh, I want you to hear this loud and clear. Hang in there. Uh, today's message is not meant to heap guilt on you. Uh, your children will grow up. I promise you that. And then they'll come back home. So anyway, so you'll get a little reprieve right there. Anyway, um, no, 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 no. Somebody's going, yes, 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 yes. Anyway, um. But the pace will start to slow. And there will be seasons in your life that will become a little bit more manageable. So, but that's not really what I'm talking about, though. What I'm talking about is what Jesus was really getting at in Matthew chapter 6, where he talked about a group of people who were very, very busy running. Running after something. Chasing after things. They were, they were, they were running in the wrong race. They were chasing after the wrong stuff. In fact, he had just got finished talking about the difference between, you know, storing up for yourselves uh, treasures on earth where, you know, moth uh, and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal as opposed to storing up for yourselves treasure in heaven. And he made the point, he said, listen, wherever your treasure is, wherever, you know, wherever that is, that's where your heart is. And then he went to elaborate on what he was saying and he said this. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, your body, what you're going to wear. Listen, isn't life more important than food? Isn't your body more important than clothes? And listen to this. For pagans, what? Run after those things. Pagans run after all those things. And your heavenly father knows you need that. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all those things will be given to you as well. Listen, do you get what he's saying? He's saying that a kingdom minded person is not consumed uh, with not with Not with anxiety, not with stress, not with worry, not with this obsessive preoccupation with all the things of this world. That's not what they're consumed with. That's not what they're chasing. That's not what they're running after. So what are we to be pursuing? What race are we in? He says, we're in hot pursuit of his kingdom, his righteousness. That's our race. That's our game. That's our pursuit. And I love it that Jesus says, listen, do you realize that if you'll seek me first, if you'll put me at the center of all things, I'll give you those other things as well. I mean, that's how awesome our Savior is. So point number one, make sure you're in the right race. Get in the game. Get in the race. But along with getting in the game, there is a second principle. Number two, stay in the game. Stay in the game. Look back at Hebrews 12. Notice the command is not just that we run, but we run with what? What's the word that he uses? Perseverance. Now that's a, it's a real, in the original language that this was written in, the word perseverance is this real heavy, meaty word that means to, literally means to stay under, to hang on. To remain faithful. The King James translates it, running with patience. Now, I want to try to paint a picture here, a word picture in your mind of what this word means. Uh, In the 1986 New York Marathon, about 20,000 runners entered the race. But the most memorable thing about the 1986 Marathon, New York Marathon, was not who won, it was who finished last. Uh, his name was Bob Wheeland, and he finished, get this, 19,413th, dead last. He completed the New York Marathon in four days, two hours, 47 minutes, and 17 seconds. It was unquestionably the slowest marathon in history, ever. So, what made Bob's marathon run so special? He ran it with his arms. 17 years earlier in Vietnam, Bob lost both of his legs in a battle. And so he sits on a saddle and he covers his fist with pads. And he uses his arms to catapult himself one arm length at a time. He can run about a mile an hour. Now, take a look at this picture. That right there, friends, is a pretty good picture of running with what? Perseverance. Hang in there. Don't give up. You know, stay in the game. It's this idea of, uh, it's really the idea behind Galatians 6, nine. Listen to this. And maybe this is just the verse you need to hear today. So don't get tired of doing what is good. I mean, let's, guys, let's be frank with each other here a little bit. Sometimes it, it gets a little tiring doing the right thing. It does. I mean, that's why the book of Hebrews was written. Hang in there. Don't give up. See it through to the end. That's why Paul wrote this. He said, hey, don't get tired of doing what is good. Then he says, don't get discouraged. Don't give up. For you will reap a harvest of blessing." at the appropriate time. So, where does running with perseverance fit in? Listen to Philippians 3, beginning with verse 10. Listen to this verse, one of my favorite passages. I want to know Christ. I like that. The word know there really describes an intimate, personal relationship. I want to I know Jesus and the power of, of his resurrection. Well, I like that one too, right? I want to know Jesus. I want to I want to know his power, the power of the resurrection and and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. I don't think I like that. <laughs> I don't like that one too much. And becoming like him in his death. I really don't like that one. So somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. What in the world does he mean? What, what is he talking about there? What does what knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection have to do with suffering and becoming like him in his death? Well, in a spiritual way, listen to me. To live, you have to die. You have to die to self. Listen. Listen. God is at work today right here, right now in the midst of the most painful thing that you are enduring so that Christ can live through you. As we grow in Christ, right, there, there are all these changes that are going on. Nobody here in this room is perfect, right? We're not. No one here is complete. Our race isn't over, so there are all these changes going on. But For our deepest, darkest patterns of sin to disappear, there's got to be a funeral. Our own. And the more we fight it, the worse our pain. But as we learn to surrender to the death that's got to happen, as we run our race with patient endurance, hanging in there, not giving up, Man, God makes something beautiful out of our pain. Back to Philippians 3, verse 12. Here comes the the running with perseverance part. Paul says, not that I've already obtained all that or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. Now, this is important. Listen to me. Nobody here, we're we're not running to earn eternal life. You don't have to... uh, you know, work your way into heaven. We're, we are running to take hold of. This is so awesome. The life that has already been earned for us by Jesus. You have got to see that. Listen to it out of the New Living Translation. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved all these things or that I've already been uh, already reached perfection. Again, nobody here, here. Nobody here is perfect, right here on earth. But I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus. Possessed for me. Man, I love that. You know, that's why we run. That's why we stay in the game. That's why we persevere. You know, that's why we, we keep at it. That's why we remain faithful. We don't give up. We don't quit because everybody here in this room, we are all in the process of becoming more and more like Jesus already sees us. We're becoming perfect. In fact, Paul goes on to conclude, brothers, I don't consider myself to yet yet to have taken hold of it but this one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is head, ahead I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward press on today forget what's behind strain toward what is ahead and press on don't quit All this leads right back to the final training principle. Number three, play your game. You might put in all caps there, your. Play your game. Look back to the last phrase of Hebrews 12. He says, we're we're instructed to run with perseverance. What? The race, how does he say? The race what? Marked out for us. Now what does that mean? The race marked out for us. In football terms... We would say, hey, as a team, as an individual, you got to play your game, right? I mean, you you hear that a lot today. You know, coaches, you know, will say, don't get suckered into playing your opponent's game. You know, we got to play our game. And so God has marked out your race, your race. Your job is simply to run your race and to stay on course. Every single person in this room is running a particular race. In other words... God has a plan for you. He's got a purpose for your life, and only you can fill it. If you're not running your race, your race doesn't get run. Now, it's interesting, in John chapter 21, Jesus is talking to the disciples, and he tells Peter some pretty personal and specific things that had to do with his future, and even how he's going to die. In fact, he just finished telling Peter to, to feed his sheep, and then he says this, I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself, And you went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Now, if Jesus had just said that kind of, you know, really pretty mysterious, cryptic statement to you, wouldn't you be like, um, Jesus, could you expound a little bit more on uh, stretch out your hands and, and uh, dress me and lead me, that whole thing? Well, not Peter. In fact, what's, what's crazy is that in the verses to follow, Peter instead notices John nearby, and so he turns to Jesus and he goes, okay, Jesus, what about John? You know... Let's talk about him for a moment. What about him? What's in store for him? And then Jesus said, I love this. If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. In other words, Jesus had a path for Peter. And he had a path for John. And do you know that he has an assignment for you? Play your game. Run your race. Stop worrying about everybody else. Stop comparing your race or their game to your game or your race. The point is, your game is uniquely yours to play. You're not meant to run somebody else's race. They're not supposed to run yours. So how do we figure out what constitutes our unique race, our unique course, Hebrews 12, 2, by keeping our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. You know, go back to Philippians 3 one more time, the last verse there. Here's how Paul described his race. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Some, some translations say upward in Christ Jesus. So here's the point. You're not going to know all the details of your particular race. But you don't have to. As long as you're headed in the right direction. Up. Toward toward Christ. Toward Jesus. This ties right back to Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said, remember, the pagans are running in that direction they 're chasing after all the things of this world they 're chasing after all the things that are connected to the here and now he says that 's not your race that 's not your game we 've traded up we 're headed up. Have you ever heard um, ever heard the name of Kyle mcdonald we 'll tell you a little story to to end uh, today 's message about a man by the name of uh, Kyle Mcdonald he actually Uh, started playing a game and it went viral uh, called the trade-up game. The trade-up game. I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, basically the game goes like this. You take something small, something small like a pin and uh, you go around and you see what, what you can trade for it. And the goal is to see how far you can go, right? Is to trade up. They say trade up for bigger and better things. Well, Uh, Kyle started this particular trade, anybody know, with a red paperclip. A red paperclip, it's a true story. And uh, he posted a picture of his red paperclip in uh, the trading section on Craigslist. Uh, And he made a total of 14 different trades. This is what they were. The paperclip was traded for a fish-shaped pin, which was then traded for a small ceramic doorknob. The doorknob was bartered for a camping stove, which in turn uh, fetched a generator. That's a pretty good trade, right? Trade up. Um, Kyle then traded the generator uh, for all things a an instant party package, which was filled with a keg and uh, neon lights. I don't know if that's up or not, but he's trading. Um, the party package went to someone for a snowmobile. A snowmobile. Which was traded in return for an all-expense-paid trip for two to British Columbia. That trip went to a person uh, for a big box truck. You know, it was big, a truck. Okay? Which is exactly what a recording artist needed uh, to get gigs. So the artist in return... Secured a recording tr- uh, contract uh, and also promised a pitch to a group of executives. That person, uh, the person who wanted that, offered Kyle a year's free rent on a home in Phoenix, Arizona, which in turn he turned around and traded for one afternoon with Alice Cooper. Now, again, that kind of <laughs> I mean, man, you were going up, up, up. There. I don't know, but anyway, this is—I don't quite get that trade, but he's trading. And then, um, but then he traded—he traded the afternoon with Alice Cooper for a Kiss, the rock band Kiss, motorized snow globe. What just happens to be something that Hollywood actor Corbin Burnson was looking to collect. And so in return for the snow globe, uh, Benson offered Kyle a movie contract. Now, the town of Kipling, Saskatchewan, wanted the contract by giving Kyle a, a home in their town right on Main Street. Here's a picture of his home. Now, he traded up. <laughs> all, I think All that from what? A red paper. I know some of you are going, man, I'm going home today. I'm getting my, what do I got in my pocket? I know, I know, I know how you're thinking. But I mean, wouldn't it be amazing, like this week, to drop a, a little paper clip in the mail to your bank and, and hope they'll give you the title for your house? Well, that'd be pretty, I mean, that would be pretty, man, what a sweet deal. So again, think of that trade up. What a trade. Now, here is something even more amazing. When it comes to trading up, listen to me. You don't have to make several trades. Just one. Just one. Because God freely offers the prize of the upward call of life in and through his son Jesus Christ. One trade. For forgiveness. One trade. For a clear conscience. One trade. For joy. For purpose. For meaning. Fulfillment. One trade. For a home in heaven. For all eternity. Here it is. You ready? Your life. For his. That he's willing to make it, the Bible tells us, get this, you ready? At your worst. In, in all of your sin and all of your mess, if you just give your life over to him, you know what he does? He gives you, he, he takes on his shoulders on the cross, all of your sin, all of your garbage, all of your mess. And then he transfers to your life his perfection, his purity. So that when you stand before God, God looks at you and he says, perfect. Come on into heaven. Talk about trade up. Trade up. Don't quit. Hang in there. Persevere to the very end. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, you know, maybe, just maybe, there's a man or a woman or a student here today who feels like giving up. They're tired of doing good. They feel the, I don't know, maybe even persecution from Co workers or family members, and they're just, it seems to be getting old right now. And that's okay. You know, most of, a lot of the Bible is written to address that very thing. Hang in there today. Hear that message loud and clear. Persevere. Persevere. One step at a time. Keep running that marathon. You might be just one more step, one more strain, one more commitment away from God's blessing. Hang in there. There is a prize awaiting you that will make all of it seem worth it. Don't quit. Father, I pray today that, you know, maybe there's somebody who's been coming and searching and for whatever reason today it makes sense and they're ready to make the trade. All of their sin, all of their garbage, all of the mistakes in their life. I want to give that over to you today. They want to come home. Listen, it's so simple. You just cry out to God right now and say, God, forgive me. I believe, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he went to a cross for me. He died. He was buried. Three days later, he rose from the dead is alive and I put my faith today my trust as much as I know how in him I make that trade thank you father now for making me clean and brand new and um, for seeing me for seeing Jesus in me and father just help me day by day to remain faithful to persevere not quit and not give up. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, this morning I want us to continue in our time of worship today by participating in something that uh, churches through the ages all the way back to Jesus have participated in and that's something called the Lord's Supper Communion. Uh, It's a simple meal made of just two emblems, two... Two little things. It's a, a piece of bread and a cup of juice, and they represent, they symbolize the body and the blood of Christ. And so, if you're a believer today, that really is the only requirement—just a forgiven sinner. Uh, we invite you when you're ready to go to one of the tables here in the front of the auditorium or in the back, and uh, just take your time. You know, don't don't rush through this. Um, You might come by yourself. You might come with friends or family. You might want to pray with those folks. Uh, If you do, just kind of, you know, make room for other people, step off to the side. Um, But when you're ready, when you feel prepared, let's worship him right now through the Lord's Supper.